Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. What's up? What's going on, Sebastian? You know, it's man, game day. it is game day. Yeah, we are. We're we're shortly after we record this podcast, we are heading up to Keystone to Mechanicsburg, PA, uh, for our match against Keystone's uh, Keystone Two, Keystone FC Two. Um, yeah. So we're, we're we got our second and last matches, our last away game with the Diamonds, um, and then we have our last home game on Sunday. We haven't had an away game for a while. Uh, the first, the first yeah. like two or three weeks, man, we were we were on the road. Yeah, so we we yeah we're catching up on our our last two games. Um, it'll be a good kind of the. I mean, it, it'll be. Um, Hopefully a positive way to close out the season. Our last two games, we'll still train over the next couple of weeks just to kind of keep the girls in in rhythm and in shape. But yeah, I mean, it, I'm I'm hoping that we we pull off some good results here this weekend. I'm I'm positive we've had some good weeks of training the last two weeks, so I'm I'm hopeful that we can uh, we can do some good stuff. It'll be it'll be good. This week of training was good. Played well. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for for today. We'll make it happen. We'll, yeah. So I don't know if it'll be streamed, but yeah, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that'll that'll be good. Um. And then this week we had some camps. Um. So big shout out to Anthony and his staff there for for running two camps at the same time. So it was we had the uh, day camp and then we also did the discovery camp. Um. So we had the little guys and little girls out there. Uh, from nine to eleven, so two hour camp for three to six year olds, uh, which I think they were having a blast with. Um, so I was three to six year olds are gonna have a blast wherever they go. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta find the right timing for it, right? Yeah, and, and uh, it's gotta fit their schedule. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then uh, rec registration is open, right, Dwayne? Rec registration, discovery registration is open. Um, season starts right up to Labor Day, so I know it seems like a far. It seems like it's two months away, but it's going to come quick. So just make sure you get registered on time and early enough so you can get your uniforms, all that good stuff. We can place you on a team, get your practice schedule out. And then before you know it, the season will be here. Two months from tomorrow. Right? Two months from tomorrow, the season starts. Two months from tomorrow. And then, you know, before you know it, we'll be talking about 3v3 coming up. Oh, boy. And then all of a sudden, it'll be 2023. Yeah. Like, think about it. 3v3 is in, what, four months? And yeah. these two months are going to fly by, and we're going to say, well, 3v3 starting. Yeah. Spring uh, registration. 100 teams this year. Spring registration's open. Boom, done. Moving on. Um, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be good. Um, I'm excited for the, for the recreational season. I was like, excited for the Discovery Program. Discovery Program is now happening only on Saturdays. Um, so three different time slots, depending on the age group that you have, you, uh, either at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock for discovery program, which again, one of our, one of the best programs we have in the club, big fan of the discovery program. Spring registration is opening up next week. <laughs> we don't have the date set, but we're just going to open it up. Secure your spot. Now just secure sure you get in. we haven't even played the fall yet. Just secure <laughs> your spot for the spring. <laughs> um, we still have some camps coming up as well. Um, so we have a few, we have one more day camp left, uh, which is August 8th through the 11th. And then we also have our diamonds camp, uh, the 18th through the 21st. So that's coming up in a week and a half. And then, um, our goalkeeper finishing camp for travel players, August 1st through the 4th. 
So you make sure you check out DelawareUnion.com for all that information. Also for REC registration, that way you can get your kids signed up for REC or Discovery Program. Um, all right, cool. Uh, Duane, a lot of different topics. I have like 17 different things I want to talk about today. Uh, one, under 20 CONCACAF championship for the boys, men's. Might as well call that the Philadelphia Union CONCACAF championship. <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, got a big send a big shout out to Dominican Republic for the first time ever making the under twenty World Cup. So they they're going to be in the under twenty World Cup, and the first time ever they're going to be in the Olympics as well. Good for them. Yeah. So, so they made the final. So both both those teams are in. Um, I mean, commanding result in the final six nothing against Dominican Republic. Is it the Philadelphia Union with six, or is it the U.S. <laughs> I mean, based on based on three of the goals, three of the goals coming in from Delaware Union or not Delaware Union, Philadelphia Union players. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was an impressive showing for sure. I mean, shout out to you know those three guys, uh, Quinn, Jack, and uh, Paxton. And there's also one more. And the goalkeeper, right? The goalkeeper. That's right. I don't know his name, but yeah, the goalkeeper. <laughs> um, well, he's like the third goalkeeper, right? He's behind Matt Freeze. Uh, yes, yeah, but he ended up playing. Yeah, but he he played it in a couple of the matches for the U.S. Um, in this under twenty um tournament. So I think that's big for those the three field players because it's been hard for them to find like meaningful time um on the field, especially like Paxton Aronson. He really doesn't come in until like the 80th minute. I think he did get like one start this year, but like it was the um, New England game, I think. And he played in that um, in the Open Cup game. Yeah, which they lost. So like those, like that, if they had won that, you know, those would be the meaningful minutes they get. And it's hard when you're the best team in the league to find young guys minutes when you're playing so well with that group. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see now. You know, they, they're kind of in top form and. I mean, I'm t- I'm giving a guy a look. If he scored six goals in all those games, he's getting some minutes tonight, or he's getting some minutes next week because you're on fire. You're scoring goals. You're scoring more goals than Corey Burke. So uh, let's get you in and see what you can do. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it was a, again a really good, really good showing for for them. Um, very happy with with the results. Um, you know, it's been it's been really good for them. So ultimately, again, congratulations to. To those guys, um, they did a fantastic job, um, and congratulations to to their coach, um, uh, Mikey Veras. So I got a question for you. Yes, what's your question? When's the last time the U.S. qualified for the Olympics? When's the last time the, the US, U.S. men's team qualified for the Olympics? Um, I know this. Um, it was 2000 and uh, London, 2008. Beijing, 2008, but yes. Beijing, 2008. London was 2012. Yep. 2008. Can you name anybody that's on that roster? On the 2008 mm-hmm. Olympics roster? Um, Some of your favorite players. Are on Josie Altidore. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bradley. Yep. Uh, let's see, Brad Guzan, absolutely. Oh, uh, there we go. 
All right, man, I'm I'm three for three so far. Um, uh, 2008, Juan No, no Juan Delasky. Okay. Um, uh, I, I mean, it's Glenn Dempsey was it has, probably went. No, no one's one of the old players. No, Landon? no, the old play, the old player was old. L- Landon. No, he no older than Landon. Uh, uh what's his name? Um. Jermaine Jones? No. <laughs> no, like, let's put it like this. All these guys were born in the 80s, and their old player was almost born in the 60s. Whoa. Um, it, he was born in 72. And he was almost like, he was 14 years. He was 12 to 14 years older than everybody else on the field. Oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what about Brian Gooch? McBride? Brian McBride. What about Gucci Aneru? Was he down there on that roster? Um, no, so your roster was uh, Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, Charlie Davies, Maurice Adu. Yep. Now he's he's a commentator now, right? He's a commentator. So is Charlie Davies. Mm-hmm. Benny Philhaber, Brad Gazan, Stuart Holden, who's now also a commentator. Yeah, Stuart Holden, yep. Yeah. He was a beast until he tore up his knee. Yeah. Patrick Iani, uh, Sasha Kleshton, Brian McBride, Michael Orozco, Michael Parkhurst, Robbie Rogers, Chris Seitz, Dex McCarty, Danny Zaletta, and Marvel Wynn. Wow. A lot of Region 1 ODP players in this. Yeah. Um, just because it's it's one of the things on the roster. It just says where they. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the same page you are. Yeah, that's crazy. Look at that. Yeah, 2000 and uh, yeah, 2008. Yeah. So a lot yeah, of, a lot of those guys, there. a lot of those guys, born around the same time I was. Could have been me, man. Could have been me. Well, it couldn't have been me, but. Well, I guess at that point it could have been maybe. My generation was like, what do they call it? The lost generation. Yeah. Where there was, there was just that gap. Like the only person that was born around me was uh, Julian Green. Is that is that the reason why you didn't make it? Because there was no other player. Is that is that why? And you just like that. And it just went to two years younger, Christian Pulisic. And what about uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Yedlin? I think he's, a, I think he's like born in like '93. Oh, okay. Julian Green, I think, is the only person born around the time I was. Okay. I think I'm older than Julian Green. Yeah, DeAndre has a 93. Okay. All right. Marketing analytics will uh, pull up some players born around me. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the under 20 uh, men's national team um, making it to the World Cup and the Olympics. So, congratulations to them. All right. I wanted, I wanted to bring this up. So, um, Boca Juniors played in the Libertadores. Uh, round of 16 on Tuesday. Played Corinthians from um, Brazil. Tied in Brazil. Tied after missing a PK in Argentina. They go to PKs. The same guy that the same guy that takes the PK that missed in regular time is up to take the fifth PK. You score, you win, your team's through. First of all, do you let do you let him take the PK? 
not let him take if I do let him take a PK, it's definitely not the fifth one. All right. So he took the fifth one, he hit it into the stands. <laughs> in Argentina, in Argentina, you have there's a fence. Yeah. Like, he hit it over that fence. In the Boca Junior Stadium, there's a fence behind the goal. He hit it over that fence into the stands. So anyway, so our uh, so Boca Juniors was this. That's why I wouldn't let him take the fifth one. Like 24 hours you- later. So I, I want to get here's where I want to get your opinion. 24 hours later, the coach who is a former Boca Juniors player and the player with in Boca Juniors history with the most amount of titles as a player. Most amount of titles of anybody as a player in Boca Juniors. Um gets called up by the by two of the people that are in the like executive council or whatever that manage manage soccer for Boca Juniors because Boca Juniors is a entity of like multiple sports and things like that. But anyway, so two council people who are also former Boca Juniors players and two former former teammates ask him to meet up at a gas station on Wednesday at like 930 at night or nine o'clock at night. Automatically sketchy. Gas station, nine o'clock at night. That's where they fired him. Told him take his stuff on the road. Fired, fired him at the gas station and the cafe at the gas station. What kind of gas station was this? Uh, equivalent of a Wawa kind of thing. Uh, a lot of gas stations in Argentina have like, depending on where you are, have a lot of like cafes and like things like that inside of it. Gotcha. I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't like you. It wasn't your like Valero off the side of the you know in the corner. Yeah, I didn't know what it. I didn't know. It was it was a little bit bigger, right? So again, it was a little class. It was a class. It was class. Picture picture a Wawa, a Shell, a Rofo, something like that. Or well, a farm you could sit in. That's what I'm saying. Like picture picture like that. sheets. Like a sheets, yeah, like a sheets. Sure, why not? Well, sheets you don't have somewhere to really sit in, depending on which one. Like more again, think of a think of a Wawa that that has somewhere to sit in, or or Rofo that has somewhere there's, to sit. In. There's no Wawa's. There's more sheets with places to sit in. Oh, well, the Rofo has places to sit. Whatever, somewhere where you could sit down inside the gas station. Wawa, well, you got to grab your stuff and go, man. They don't want you in there. All right, but do you agree with the idea of as a soccer coach being fired at a gas station? No, because I probably would have fired you as soon as the guy scored. I would have fired you before the ball hit the ground from the guy that scored the PK. <laughs> it's almost like like this is almost the equivalent of a couple years ago the Cowboys were playing on Thanksgiving. I think they were playing the Bills and they were playing so bad that I would have gone downstairs and fired the coach at halftime and made national news because they were playing so bad. Like the guy already skied a PK. I don't care how good a PK taker he is, he's not taking the fifth one. So, so the part of the reason why he was he was fired is because he let the guy take the fifth PK in the press conference afterwards. He talked about how um, it, he would have hoped that they would have brought in some more players in the transfer window. That has nothing to do with the guy missing the PK. And he said that you know there's there's. And they would have had a more competitive roster. It would have been different. That has nothing to do with the guy missing the PK. I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you what happened. You got fired because the guy had they won the game, he would still have a job. Yeah. You got fired because this guy missed the PK. You let him take the decisive one. Fair, but do you disagree with the idea of being fired at a at a gas station? 
He should have been fired. They should have opened the gate that the guy kicked the ball over, <laughs> fired him, and then let the people have their say. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. So you don't, you don't, you don't, yeah. I think the gas station was fitting. I mean, <laughs> get on the road. And don't turn, don't come back. Just hit the road. Whatever, whatever direction it was going, east, west, north, south, whatever highway he, he was getting on, peace. <laughs> Figure out the next team that needs you down the road. Fair. I guess so. All right. All right. I just wanted to get your thoughts. That's okay. good. I got my, and here's my uh, golden generation of U.S. men's national players. Oh, okay. Here we go. Because I have this pulled up. Ethan Horvath, 95. Um, Christian Roldan and Kellen Acosta, both 95s. Both with men's national team caps. Paul Ariola, 95. National team cap, too. These, these are all guys that were in the last uh, round. Now I'm going to recent guys. Zach oh, so they, oh, so all those guys would have gotten caps. Okay, never mind. All right. Yeah, all these guys have caps. Oh, okay. Zach Stefan, 95. Nice. Um, let's see. You might need to write back in there. I think you might be in. Make a class of 95 roster. You might class be in. 95, I might be in. Julian Green, 95. All right. And... That might be it, folks. So, I mean, you you make a good futsal team. I mean, there's a goalkeeper in there, man. I'll beat that stuff. I ain't worried about that stuff. <laughs> All of a sudden, now you're a futsal goalkeeper. All of a sudden, I'm on the way to Man City. Can't can't you can't wear gloves in in futsal? It's fine. No gloves. I got hands. I got million dollar hands. All right. Okay, yeah, up. that's the class of 95. Now, the majority of players, 96, 97. Yeah. So, like, 95, there's, like, barely any 94s, a couple 93s. So, like, that generation just got passed over. Hmm. Um, I guess the World Cup didn't didn't really help. That was, but that would have been. 95. So what was the World Cup, 2018? No, 94. Oh, the 94, yeah. No, I thought you were talking about the one that they missed. No. Yeah, 94 World Cup. Didn't really help boost soccer. No, at least not soccer players. Not soccer players. <laughs> or the making of soccer players. No. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, moving on to the women's national team. Uh, the U.S. Paul women's national team. For the Olympics yes. in Paris? No, the World Cup in Paris. Paris? World Cup in New Zealand. Oh. Um, so also, are they in Paris? No, they're in Mexico. I thought I saw something about Paris. No, they're trying to qualify because this is a this is an interesting uh, Concacaf Women's Championship because it qualifies you for the World Cup and it also qualifies you for the Paris Olympics. Paris Olympics, okay. I'm not off with Paris. I'm like, dude, I saw Paris somewhere. No, so this is a double qualifying. So you need to win in order to qualify to the. Uh, you need to win the entire championship. In order to automatically qualify to the Olympics, if not, second or third place teams will have a playoff to see who the other Concacaf Olympics representative would be. Well, but, the big dogs, huh? 
Time to call in the big dogs. Stop giving tryouts. No more tryouts. Well, no, I mean, the, the U.S. so far has they've, they've qualified based on the results um, of of some other teams, of some other things that have happened. But based on those results, they were able to um, automatically qualify. So, the, again, the qualifications are, are the, the championship is being played in Mexico City. Um, the U.S. kicked off on Monday against Haiti, uh, beat them 3-0. And then, in somewhat of a big upset, Jamaica beat Mexico one nothing, um, which then kind of put Mexico on obviously on the back foot. And yesterday, Mexico was playing Haiti and lost three nothing to Haiti, knocking Mexico off completely, um, not giving them any sort of a chance because the group of four you only play three games, top two make it, um, and then the. Th- the third ones have a playoff round or something like that. So, um, so again, the U.S. going into the Mexico game, even though it'll be a tough game going in because uh, the U.S. beat uh, Jamaica yesterday 5 nothing, um, automatically qualified for the World Cup. I was so, going to give props to Jamaica, but geez, they're almost there. I mean, Jamaica could, could also make it. Like, it really depends. The Jamaica-Haiti game will actually be a really, really good game. Jamaica, Jamaica soccer from the men's and the women's is coming on strong recently. The Haitian national team is really, really good on the women's side. They're very good. Um, first time that the U.S. has not scored at least four goals on them on was on Monday. Good. And the and Haiti missed a PK when it was two nothing. What did so, I say to you yesterday during training? Working on set plays. Working on set. Well, it was a PK, wasn't it? I mean, sure. Um, so, yeah, so the women's national team. Um, so very good. Trinity Rodman got on the scoreboard yesterday um, to score the, her second international goal. Uh, so overall, jersey going up, going up in value. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the other thing that's going on, and we, we talked about this uh, the week before, not last week, but we talked about the fact that it was the women, the, the summer of like women's soccer. The Euros are also kicked off. So two games have happened already. Um, England beating Austria and then um, Northern Ireland losing yesterday. Um, But anyways, but the big story is the fact that so when the last when the last Euros were held, which is 2017, uh, which is in the Netherlands, the the average attendance was be, was below 8,000 people Wow! going to the games. The last time England played a home match with the women's national team, with their, with their women's national team, the average attendance again. Um, well, actually, sorry. The last time the England hosted the women's heroes, which doesn't five average attendance again, below it, below 8,000. This past week, Wednesday, Old Trafford, 68,871 fans. You know why? Why? Their men's national team is so bad. <laughs> giving up hope. Come on. They're, they're not giving up hope. They're not bad. They, they're giving up hope on the men's. Um, but that was at Old Trafford. Wembley will be the final Ooh. against, uh, whoever, I mean, ultimately it'll be whoever gets to the final on July 31st. But all the tickets already sold. 
for that for that stadium. So okay. it'll be a sellout crowd at Wembley. Hopefully, they don't have any fake ones like the uh, Champions League. And we have to delay the game by an hour. <laughs> but, but yeah. So ultimately, I mean, what a huge, what a huge um, showing for for European women's football. Um, I think. I mean, I mean, I mentioned the last time we had the World Cup, the Women's World Cup in 2019. Um, I I thought that that was the last World Cup that the U.S. were really going to have a dominance that they've had. I think going into the next couple of years, I think going into the 23 World Cup, it does become a more even, um, an even playing field for everybody. There's more chance of an upset. Now, granted, the pool opens up to 32 teams, so you have more teams showing up. But at the same time, I think I think you have you have more. There's a lot more going on. There's Strength a lot more. Numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, Haiti, Haiti is a good example of that. A lot more professional players in Haiti playing either in the U.S. in college or playing professionally in, in France. Um, so there's there's a lot going on. Unfortunately, I think. Yeah, well, I'll save I'll save that one. But um, you end up I, like you end up use the CONCACAF example, right? Where Mexico loses to Jamaica, they lose to Haiti and like, oh, you're done. And in, in the group of 32, like or in a round of 32, you're done. Like, yeah. This game today is just a consolation game. Hey, here's your third game, but you're going home. Yeah. So yeah, but, but for countries like Haiti or Jamaica, like now they have the opportunity to qualify for a World Cup, which is huge. And again, you're yeah, against the US, you might lose three nothing or five nothing, but that's playing the best of the best. It doesn't mean you can't get out of your group depending on who your who your draw is against, right? Yeah, you might sneak in there and make a run. Yeah. So um all right. Uh moving on to the this is something that we we did not talk about uh but it happened and, and i came across it and i thought it was really really good to talk about so um so the first the first um paralympic um world cup happened in uh in spain um this past may so may um so anyway so uh so the paralympic team is a team and it's called the international um it's i ifcpf um which is um let me make sure international federation of cerebral palsy football so basically it's any player that doesn't have any um, that would have ha- had a mental, um, either a mental something happened to them. So whether they had a stroke, they have cerebral palsy. Um, so it could be a minor thing that maybe not be visible to the eye, but they do have something that prevents them from playing full on soccer. Um, so they're, they, so they, they end up playing in the para in the, with the para team. Um, so the men's national team. Um, finishes fourth. They lost to they lost to Brazil. The women's national team ends up winning the World Cup. Um, they played against Australia in the final, beat them in overtime. Um, they finished within four zero and one record in five games. Scored thirty nine goals, only gave up three goals in the entire tournament. Holy smokes! Yeah. Uh, so the men's team, the men's 
men's play 7v7, women's play 5v5. Okay. So, um, so a couple of the players, so there's there's a couple of players that that played. Um, so uh former University of Connecticut player, uh former college players that you know had a stroke or or developed cere- or found out they had cerebral palsy, like things like that that come up. Um so it's again fantastic so far uh that that they were able to do that. Um so my goal now, and I want to bring this up because this is what I want to do. My goal now is I'm going to look at this 10 player roster mm-hmm. and I'm going to reach out to all 10 players and see if we can get any of them in the podcast. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be so, awesome. So, um, because it's, it's a, it's again, it's a different, um, it's a different, um, point of view. It's a different version of the sport, right? So there's, something different that we want to we want to definitely highlight um and we want to talk about and bring awareness to um mm-hmm. all the games were live streamed so it was really cool so but i don't think it was something that um that was heavily publicized right but it should be yeah 100% should be like again it's a it's it's growth for for this this country as well absolutely from a soccer standpoint so I wanted to bring that up because I thought that was really cool. All right. Last topic of the day before we move on to the player of the match. Um, so 2015 um, was a big year for soccer uh, internationally because of FIFA gate. If you remember. Um, Buying World Cups out here. Yeah. Corruption and all that stuff. So anyway, so Michel Platini, former um, France World Cup winner and UEFA president and then potential FIFA president candidate and Sepp Blatter uh, were in um, Switzerland and they were being, um, they were in court because they were, they were, they had charges of corruption. So here's what happened. So uh, because of FIFA budgets, uh, people can only be brought in um, for a certain amount of money. But uh, Sepp Blatter uh, wanted to make an offer to Michel Platini to come in for 2 million uh, Swiss francs when the salary cap was at 300,000. So they had a gentleman's agreement that uh, he would just get it over time. Like, yeah, I will get it to you at some point. Uh, So when the whole FIFA gate thing happened again, um, they had to they they were accused of of causing corruption um so both of them were banned um from soccer for eight years um because of it so that was in 2015 so they technically weren't allowed to do or participate in anything that had to do with soccer until next year 2023 um so which i mean their bans were reduced at some point but yeah so ridiculous yeah, so but so they had their trial and they were both cleared. Of they, bought, they, bought, they bought the judge off. They were both clear. Um, yeah, so they they so they suspended the twenty month prison sentence on both of them that they were going to have, <laughs> um, and then they're going to they're supposed to pay repay FIFA two point twenty three uh, million Swiss francs. 
Cool. So, Can I the point two three of Swiss francs? No. Can I write a letter to FIFA? No, you cannot. Um, so yeah, so Platini and Blatter also ultimately, um, you know, being acquitted of their charges. So an interesting day for the world of FIFA corruption. You could buy a World Cup. I guess so. Jerry Jones bought a bought the venue for the World Cup. <laughs> stand by that. Those are those are your accusations, not mine. It's just, not an accusation. It's it's facts. Just in case Jerry's listening to the podcast, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. So I'll let you completely be alone in that island. I don't know enough to make an educated decision, or guess, or thought process. Behind it, I just know who Jerry Jones is, and that's it. You know who Jerry Jones is. We can make a bet that Dallas hosts the World Cup final. No way. No one's going to Dallas for the World Cup final. Why not? Mm. Dallas is a hotbed right now for soccer. Not FC Dallas, but everything else in Dallas for soccer. Yeah. No, nah, I think you got to have it. Um, probably at MetLife. I would say it meant life. Or was it SoFi? SoFi? Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta would be great. Atlanta would be great. Yeah. So Philly. Yeah. Not Philly. Not Philly. Yeah. I mean, I would I'd say Philly, of course. Closer to home. Be the ball boy. (laughs) All of a sudden I'm 12. Be a ball boy. (laughs) Gotta shave the beard. The 12 year olds have beards. <laughs> um, all right. Player of the match. Uh, Dwayne, who's your player of the match for this My week? Player of the match is the team of the match is Leeds United. Um, you're like that yeah. team from FIFA on the manager mode that you like create and start buying American players that are good. Yeah. So now they've got Brendan Aarons and Tyler Adams. Also, finally purchased Jack Harrison from Man City. Who spent a year or three in the U.S. playing soccer? He came over for his senior year of high school, went to college, played for NYCFC, went to Man City. So he's got uh, ties, too. Obviously, Jesse Marsh is American as well. So just like that team that you just build on FIFA. So shout out to Leeds. Is that our? Is that the official team of the uh, – the, is that the official Premier League of the soccer podcast? No. Oh, okay. Crystal Palace is the official. Crystal Palace is the official. Because <laughs> in La Liga, obviously, our official team is Barcelona. Yeah. No, Crystal Palace is the official. Crystal Palace team. is the official Premier League. The funny League. thing is, they play them in a friendly in a couple of days. Oh, okay. We should have, we should, we should go through all the leagues and pick the official uh, team of the soccer podcast for every single. Maybe we'll do that next week. Every um, single league. We'll go through we'll go through most most leagues. The major leagues. We'll go through the top, let's see, top I want to make sure the Argentinian league gets in there. So top eight, tape top eight or eight or ten leagues. In the world. In the world. We'll do we'll do we'll do ten leagues so that we can have ten teams that we do a quick like quick like a quick recap every week of like, hey, how we do. So you got US, Mexico, Argentina, Brazil. Brazil's better. Brazil is a good league. Brazil. Well, okay, here. Do the European leagues and then see how many we have left over. Do England, France, Germany, Spain, Italy, 
Netherlands, Belgium. The Netherlands, I would say either Netherlands <laughs> or Belgium or no, I would I would say the Netherlands probably the next. Yeah, they're probably the Netherlands. Maybe Portugal. So now you're at twelve. All right, so we're leaving Netherlands and. So yeah, yeah, we'll go to twelve. We'll go to twelve. All right. Wait. So recap that for me again. So it's England, Spain, France, Germany, Italy, Netherlands, Portugal, Portugal, U.S., Mexico, Brazil, Argentina. That's eleven. You need one more to round it out. Make twelve. Um. Chinese Super League. When did the Chinese Super League? Yeah. You that no, no, no. I got one. I got one. I got one. Why don't we do the uh the Saudi Arabia League? Shavi left. So. No, 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 no. I got it. Even better. Turkey. Uh, Turkish League? Turkish League. Two, the Turkish Super League. All right. We're doing the Turkish Super League. Yeah. Just because I like saying Galatasaray. There you go. So you heard it here first, got 12 teams. We're going to update you. And then we're going to have a tournament at Middletown Village with these 12 teams. We're going to bring them all to Delaware. That'll be a rec division, the, 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 the soccer podcast, uh, 12 team. So, yeah. All right, 12 teams. It'll be a God, it'll be a God soccer. I like, I like it. I like it. all the God soccer points. Next, next week, next week. Uh, so here's our homework. Here's our homework for next week. All right, so I got, we got homework. So you got to pick three contenders that you nominate for each league. Three contenders. So you got you got to come up with 36 teams, three teams from each league that would represent the soccer podcast the best. So once again, England, Germany, yep. France, Spain, Spain, Italy. Italy. Portugal, Portugal, Netherlands, Netherlands, Turkish Super League, Turk, U.S., Mexico, Mexico. Got to put them on different sides of the paper. Brazil, Brazil, and Argentina. Obviously, there's some that have already been established. Yeah. All right. Write write it down in my agenda book. Perfect. And maybe we bring up maybe we bring a judge. Bring a judge. Bring a judge. We'll, we'll bring. have three judges. I actually I think I think you and I have the probably the perfect judge to bring into this. Who's that? I think we got the perfect judge. It's gotta be like America's got talent. Gotta get a buzzer. <laughs> Do we have to have a mean judge? Yeah. I think we got a bean judge. Who's that? I think Mike B could be a, a mean judge. Yeah, but dude, that team sucks. <laughs> Dan, Dan, I think soccer Dan could be the uh, the nice judge. Like whatever, yeah. go with your flow. Like that's a great pick. Um, and then I don't know. And Mike will be like, dude, you picked Mallorca. They suck. <laughs> He's got nice vacations. <laughs> All right. Um. All right, so you give me your your fair play of the week. I or sorry, your your player of the match. Uh, my player of the match goes out to the Haitian national team. Um, for the doing, men's or the women's? 
the women's. Gotcha. Just making sure. Yeah. So they, they're on a rebuilding stage. They have a super young roster. Like all their players are super young, like 18 and 19 year olds. Um, all their goalkeepers are 18 or 19, all three goalkeepers. Um, they, they've had turmoil from a, from a country perspective, as far as like the, the earthquakes and hurricanes and things like that, that have happened there. And they've also had some issues internally with their federation, with some sexual assault allegations and things like that. So again, the fact that they're competing really well, um, got a result against Mexico and now are, are potentially playing for a world cup spot against Jamaica. So that'll be, that's really cool. So that's my fair, my, sorry, my player of the match. Um, on this day in soccer history, <clears throat> so this is a this is a again going back to the idea of uh, of the World Cup because this is again we're nineteen or in the summer, so a lot of things happen, especially when we look at um, the summer of of different years. Um, so two, two, we'll do two quick one. We'll do one quick one, and then we'll we'll do a little longer one, and that will be a trivia question for you doing. So July eighth, nineteen ninety. Um, Argentina loses to Germany in the Italy World Cup in the final. Uh, that makes Germany the three-time World Cup champions. Um, but so yeah. Um, all right. But what was an another? What was one of the most memorable, not World Cup finals, but World Cup matches ever that you remember watching? When. 1990? No, your entire life. Oh, I was going to say, I wasn't alive in 1990. Most memorable? Uh, memorable or just like... I would say Brazil, Germany, 7-1. Congratulations. July 8th, 2014. 2014. Uh, Brazil is playing Germany. Um in the semifinal of the world cup and Germany beats them seven, one worst home defeat ever in a competitive game since 1975 highest scoring world cup semifinal and the worst defeat ever suffered by a host nation in the world cup. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely most memorable. Yeah. The, the inspiration for a lot of uh, Argentinian songs. By the way, the seven one. So that was on this day in July eighth, twenty fourteen. Um, all right, fair play of the week. Before we wrap up, my fair play of the week goes out to Alexis Puteas. Uh, she is one of the best players in the entire world. Uh, won the women's Ballon d'Or last year, uh, and unfortunately suffered an ACL injury at training this week. So she's out of the Euros and will be out for the next six to eight months. So my fair play slash speedy recovery goes out to her. So one of the best players plays for Barcelona. Uh, who's your fair play? Um, fair play. We just going to go out to you uh, for providing support and camp services to my summer camp this week. Oh, flexible. Yeah, of course. So of course. good time. Shout out to strive and ASPI. Yeah. Was, uh, I think I talked to both, both, both sets of facilitators. And everyone's having a great time. Good. So they're loving the program, loving the staff, loving the kids. Perfect. So it's all one of your facilitators. She's going to have to find a new job because she's going to come on to my staff full time next summer. 
<laughs> Great, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so I gave you 12 months notice. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, uh, make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, at DE Soccer Podcast, at the Soccer Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.